Welcome back to Once Upon a Blue Moon, brought to you by Shaping Foundations, a student-led nonprofit dedicated to raising awareness and fundraising for rare diseases. My name is Pooja Shah, and I am the co-president and co-founder of Shaping Foundations, and today I'm your host. If you're new to this podcast, welcome. This podcast talks about everything related to rare diseases, from impacts by the healthcare industry on people with rare diseases to real stories. Stick around to the end to get more information about us, but until then, let's get into today's topic. Also, side note, I'm so sorry that we haven't uploaded a new podcast in, like, I think it's been a couple weeks. Um, We're all high school students, and school kind of just caught up to us. Um, We're working on um, creating a little bit more so we can, like, pre-record it and then post it, but just know that we're trying our best. So today, we're going to be talking about Ali's story, who has um, a condition known as pediatric wild type GIST, which is, GIST stands for gastrointestinal stromal tumor. Uh, Before we go into her story, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about the disease itself. So GIST is a type of tumor found in the gastrointestinal or GI tract. Most of these tumors are caused by mutations in either the KIT or PDGFRA genes, and they're not considered rare cancers. However, the pediatric wild type GIST are rare forms. And they're caused by, um, their tumor is caused by mutations of other genes. Um, actually, all childhood cancers are rare, so that's something just to keep in mind. Ali is currently a 22-year-old blogger, YouTuber, and Twitch streamer. She's also a student who lives in Honolulu, Hawaii. She is a photographer, foodie, and mental health and body positivity activist who loves gaming and traveling. Her story starts, however, when she was 15. Ali was first diagnosed with cancer in June of 2013, in the summer before her sophomore year of high school. Ali was out shopping with her mom on a beautiful summer day when she began to experience severe cramping and sharp pains on the left side of her torso, right under her ribs. When she went home, her mother had called the doctor, who had just assumed it was gas, and told her to take some medicine. Her grandmother had tried to feed her chicken noodle soup to help with the gas, but in a matter of moments, she nearly passed out because of the pain. Eventually, she was taken to the hospital by her mother. The car ride felt painfully long. The pain in her stomach was so frequent and intense that she passed out twice. Once she arrived at the hospital, the doctors conducted several tests, including a blood draw and an x-ray. After her her blood was drawn, Allie attempted to stand up but immediately passed out. She continued to fall in and out of consciousness. The test results concluded that Allie had a dangerously low blood count which was why she continued to fall in and out of consciousness. She had a burst tumor and several sites of internal bleeding. A laparoscopy was conducted soon after, in which a camera was inserted into Allie's abdomen to get a better view of her stomach. Allie woke up from her surgery to find herself hooked up to a heart monitor, multiple, multiple IVs, a catheter, and a tube in her nose. She recovered well from the surgery, but was heavily anemic, which means she didn't have enough red blood cells in her. The doctors found a tumor the size of a golf ball inside her body. Another concern was that the cancer cells might have spread after the tumor had burst. About a week later, Allie had a second surgery to make sure the tumor was completely gone. The doctors scraped the lining of her stomach and tested each sample to ensure as much of the cancer had, as possible had been removed. 
The tumor found in her body was then sent to the NIH, or National Institute of Health, and their analysis concluded that Allie had pediatric wild-type gist, a rare type of cancer. This wasn't the end of treatment, however. The cancers could still very well come back. With such a rare form of cancer, conventional forms of cancer treatment, like chemotherapy and radiation, weren't viable for Allie. Her only options for working treatments were surgeries, clinical trials, and a certain pill medication that treated uh, gists similar to hers. Unfortunately, these therapies aren't always effective, and they can be dangerous. Rare disease patients can be given medications that treat diseases similar to theirs. However, there's no guarantee that they will work or not have negative side effects. Currently, she's on what is called the wait-and-watch treatment which is when the patient is monitored over a long period of time to ensure that the signs and symptoms of their conditions do not worsen. If they do worsen, the healthcare professionals would try to treat it as it comes. In May of 2018, Ali faced a relapse, which is when a person whose cancer had been eliminated now has detectable amounts of cancer cells. She'd gone to the doctor's office for the first time since... Uh, being diagnosed, and she felt prepared to handle whatever would happen at the appointment. However, when the doctor said that they'd found growths in her stomach lining, Allie felt as though her whole world was crashing down around her. She tried her best to leave calmly from the doctor's office, but it quickly became difficult to breathe for her. For the first time in many years, Allie began to cry over the cancer she'd been facing for almost five years. It seemed as though she was back to that horrible moment so many years ago when she was first diagnosed. Although the situation has bettered, Allie continues to struggle with the recurring nature of her cancer. In an effort to combat her relapse, she was put in treatment of in October of 2018 to September of 2019, flying 5,000 miles away from her home every three weeks to the NIH area in Maryland. She participated in a clinical trial in which she received injections to her stomach five times a day. Eventually, though, she stopped participating in the trial after recognizing that the benefits of discontinuing the trial outweighed those of staying on. The impacts that these treatments had on both her mental and physical health were far more detrimental than any positive impacts they might have had on her disease. The long plane rides going back and forth from the NIH were worsening her anxiety. Ali realized that having a more normal life, going back to work and school part-time and seeing her family and friends every day, was more important than continuing a treatment that may or may not work. Ali's goal is to spread awareness about this disease and reach people with the same, di- same diagnosis to help them find the best healthcare route. She wishes, wishes to share her knowledge and experiences with others to help them find what is best for them. On her platforms, Ali is super open about her journey and her struggles. I highly recommend you check out her Instagram or YouTube channel at Owlsore or her website slash blog um, at Owlsore.com. Owlsore is spelt O-W-L-S-A-U-R. Her story is incredibly inspiring and learning more about it is a really great lesson for anyone to learn. The content she posts is extremely interesting and I highly recommend you check it out. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed what we discussed today and learned a little bit more about the world of rare diseases. Uh, A big thank you to Ali for sharing her story with us. If you've been inspired by today's podcast and want to learn more, 
Check out our Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Shaping Foundations or our website, shapingfoundations.wixsite.com. Want to get involved? You can donate to us at our website under the donate page or become a volunteer. Thank you for tuning in. Just by educating yourself, you've helped those with rare diseases be more connected and receive the resources they need. Any contribution is a great one. See you next time.